0: Good morning, for the 72nd Primetime Emmy nominations are out. I'm Dominic Patton. And
1: I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today, guess what? We're gonna be discussing the Emmy nominations that just came out this morning. So, Dominic, what do you say? Let's get right into it.
0: The first thing I have to say is, because this is my first heavy lifting of the morning every year when it comes to the Emmy nominations, snubs. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell? There were we a lot was, of them. I, look, there are there are so many snubs and there are there are so many categories. It's unbelievable. But the one that really, really, I have to say gets me is Reese Witherspoon. I did not see that. She had she was a she had triple chances. Triple yes. chances. Yes. Big Little Eyes Season Two. She had the, the morning show and she had little fires everywhere. And there was nada.
1: No, she's just gonna have to cry into her Oscar. And oh, that uh, is cold like ice. <laughs> and uh, and you know, show up at the virtual Emmys to see if a little fires everywhere might pull off a uh, uh, an award limited series. Uh, but uh, other than that, she is nominated as a producer there, but snubbed. And even as a producer on the morning show, which did not get the expected drama series nomination which she would have shared in that was a stunner to me because they nominated for the first time eight shows and it wasn't among them for apple even though it did well uh, overall in the acting nominations and uh, got a directing one um well
0: i, that, I mean let, let's be i like props to jennifer aniston i mean like yeah. t- talk about the comeback kid
1: <laughs> no question about it no question about it the bigger shocker for me if if we're talking shocks of snubs was bob odenkirk oh yeah i mean his best se- season always nominated for better call Saul was overlooked as was what the hell do they have against Rhea seahorn
0: i, I mean, honestly and honestly like here's here's the thing that gets me year after year it's like you don't nominate the lead actor, you don't nominate the amazing lead actress. And Ria was, look, there are tremendous tremendous talent that did get nominated this year, but no one can tell me that Ria wasn't up in that league. No. And you don't nominate them, but you nominate the show. I
1: know, well. And I don't get it with the flip. And look, 23,000 no, no voting giant members get to nominate programs. Yeah, I was no giant fan, nominate, you know. I know,
0: but I again, like I was no giant fan of Ryan Murphy's uh, Hollywood, but there are three actor nominations for that show and no Four. nomination for the show.
1: Four nominations. Oh, I, I missed one. Well, Dylan McDermott and Jim Parsons and- uh, Jeremy Pope. Holland Taylor. Oh, yes, of course. Jeremy Pope. You know I loved Hollywood. It got 12 nominations and uh, it- But not it, limited series. You no, know, and I, you know, that's the problem with limited series is- it's only five, you know, because of the number of submissions, there's only five nominees. There were many more worthy to get in there that just weren't going to do it. And, and that's a tough uh, thing to do. I am calling for a uh, return, uh, actually not a return, but going to 10 nominations in all acting categories and uh, all program uh, categories where, you know, it's uh, drama, comedy, limited series, that kind of thing. Uh, because good plan, good plan. You know why? because there is so much content on television now. It is endless, 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 and there's more every year. And it seems unfair. That's why we have, that's why we keep you in business on award show mornings, Dominic, with all these snubs. If we had 10, you would have nothing to do. That's why you keep
0: me in business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My otherwise rather,
0: rather tacit job performance, I did not know. I know. But you're right, you're right. And look, look, snubs are, snubs are, are, also flipped by surprises. And there were some great ones this year. Yay, yay for Insecure. Yes, finally. finally. HBO HBO series, Issa Rae series, finally got the recognition it really truly deserved. And they've got multiples, two acting and for series. You know, I also have to say, I don't know if it counts as a surprise, but I was really glad to see Mandalorian actually get in there. Maybe, it turns out, little Werner Herzog goes a long way. (laughs)
1: Well, Mandalorian, it was in the mix. There's no question about that. You know, it has the Star Wars kind of thing going for it too, which means sampling for Disney Plus with that. There was a lot of interest in watching it and that was key. I was sad, however, with all the success Disney Plus had in getting that in there with 15 nominations. That there are other shows which you know I, I've been championing. Uh, I really liked Encore, um, the, the uh, you know the show that re- uh, does reunions of all the uh, high school plays, and I loved uh, Togo, the TV movie, so much better than some of the Netflix. Once again, four of the five nominees. Are you telling me Dolly Parton's Heartstrings is better than this this movie? It's because they- I, it's-
0: I am, actually, yes. I am telling you that. I am distinctly no. telling you that. No. Hey, 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 whoa. Well, there's a line. You're not going to cross it when it comes to Dolly with me. You're not. Okay? <laughs> so we're going to back up, and we're okay. just going to start. We're going to reset on that one. Okay. But looking at, let, let, but let's also talk about this for, for some of the real reasons. So we- are going through an incredible era of television. And we're going through an unprecedented era where so many of us are at home watching so much television. We have all these new streamers are on, some of whom weren't eligible right now, Peacock and what have you, but they're going to be back in, back in the mix even more next year, and probably have more original programming. Apple Plus, boom, Disney, boom. You know, we're, we're looking at these. But I'm also thinking a lot about this. And we're, you know, we're doing this, we're doing this as live as live can be. I got to tell you, the way those nominations came out this morning i felt like I was watching kind of the the unused portions of a max headroom special
1: it looked like they didn't give it any thought they did the nice set design they had the uh, presenters lined up in their virtual little living rooms there and they had leslie jones i don't know where she was but they had her with a background so it looked like she was hosting this thing and it was out of control. It looked like they, they hadn't rehearsed it or didn't know what they were doing. There was no cues.
0: And there and were technical glitches galore. I mean, people, oh, could, but you know, look, we've, all, we've they, all experienced they, this. We've all experienced they, this in the Zoom world right now where someone doesn't turn on their mic and this and that. But yeah. I was hoping that the people who are, who are, and this is not about the presenters, this is about the producers of this particular part of this, is I was hoping that if you're going to be talking about excellence in television, you might have to do some excellence in presentation. Oh my god! Thankfully, thankfully, I think it's going to be a lot different on September 20th with Jimmy Kimmel and Reggie Hudlin, and I'm I'm really
1: hope that the Academy does not look to their presentation of nominees as an example of the way they're going to go with the primetime Emmy show. I have all faith in the article I've done for Deadline on analysis here. All faith in Jimmy Kimmel to really come up with a way to do this virtually. I don't think the daytime Emmys pulled it off. It looked too canned, too too, uh, pre-prepared. There was no surprise in the winners. They've got to find a way to get the excitement of a live award show somehow done virtually. And that is a big task. It's a logistical task. Clearly, they did not find a way to read the nominees, which would be a much simpler thing uh, than the way they pulled that off this morning. Really embarrassing. Uh, I
0: thought were you? Were that, uh, you surprised? Were you? I, I, I didn't mention them in the initial the the initial uh, draft of my snubs. Were you surprised that Aaron Paul and Russell Crowe didn't get nominated? I was not
1: Russell Crowe didn't get nominated. And I'm floating the uh, idea that people just don't want to acknowledge Roger Ailes in any form. And uh, John Lithgow failed to get an Oscar nomination playing Roger Ailes. Now, Russell Crowe, which uh, I, I thought he was a lead pipe cinch to get a nomination for that, uh, failed to. That whole show failed uh, completely for Showtime in terms of Emmy nominations. Russell Crowe was great in that, and he also was actively campaigning. Yeah, so, I mean, he
0: did. Was that he, did a, he you did a great interview with him at the Contenders, yeah. uh, phase one of Contenders? I know that there were other places. But again, I also, you know, I've been wondering a lot. And when I was talking to people, I'm of really two minds about this year. Part of it is I feel that because of the nature of the pandemic and there's no FYCs and you and I aren't moderating things in like the DGA or like, you know, places in Bev Hills with, with invite crowds from the guilds and what have you. I feel like there's a conservative element to this. I'm not saying that's the only reason Jennifer Aniston got nominated, but I think there was some like, let's stick with the names names. Yes. On the flip side... I feel like in a time when people are at home and have more time than usual to watch an unprecedented amount of television in this unprecedented time, there's some exposure to the newbies. I think we saw a little bit of that, but what I'm interested from you is, where do you think this split? Was there a balance there ultimately and what you saw come out in the nominations today? No, uh,
1: I, I think that what, what we saw was the same old, same old of what was campaigned, what had um, bigger budgets uh, behind their campaigns. Uh, I was not, if you look down the list, stunned to see a lot of these things. Only in a couple of instances did I go like, whoa, what happened here? One would have been what we do in the shadows. Uh, breaking into comedy and also three of the six writing nominations for comedy series that suddenly got noticed and also uh, Zendaya uh, for a, a show that was on last summer that hadn't been talked about in any big way here
0: but yet was yet when it was on euphoria was nothing but talked about euphoria was a social media monster in the best way
1: yeah, that was a year ago, and and you know, yeah. I guess you know we've seen examples of this certainly with Pose uh, last year getting in, and that that had debuted early in the summer too. You know, the big shocker here uh, of 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 that too is Elizabeth Moss and uh, you know not getting a nomination here. Uh, she's had such a great year; she's yeah. so beloved by the Television Academy,
0: and yet but Handmaid's Handmaid's Tale. Did get a nomination? It for- did
1: in drama. Again, you have that break that you were yeah. talking about uh, between acting. But again, it's actors voting for actors and everyone voting for a program. So you can't do it. Um, I do have a thing, though, about Shits Creek here. That's got 15 nominations. It piled on from last year which, where it was finally discovered by the Television Academy. And isn't it ironic that Netflix... Has 160 nominations this year, by far. Burying,
0: burying HBO, HBO and as, as our HBO, colleague Peter White Breaking said,
1: Breaking burying HBO. all-time record. Okay, yeah. so Shit's Creek is not Netflix; it's Pop TV, but it benefits from having its previous seasons now. Absolutely. In the same way, Breaking Bad did a few years ago, Absolutely. When it finally got that. So, ironically, I I see the way this may be going in some of these categories. Uh, is the same way it's always gone. Netflix getting shut out in the end of the major categories, not winning. Uh, And maybe Schitt's Creek actually winning comedy series, thanks to Netflix. (laughs) But (laughs) I'll go into pop TV.
0: Well, I'm going to say two things here. One, when you talk about some of the same old, same old, I just want to put my hand up and say, Thank you, Brad Pitt, a.k.a. Dr. Anthony Fauci, (laughs) because that was a well-deserved nomination for that SNL skit. Literally down to those Judy Dench seconds of very short appearances,
1: but very well done for the
0: the man who won an Oscar just last year. year.
1: What will Donald Trump think? Alec Baldwin was not nominated uh, for playing Trump. Brad Pitt was nominated for playing Fauci. Does this increase the chances for the feud to continue? I think uh,
0: Trump will tell us that he was, he was asked to do SNL, but he was too busy. <laughs> like he was not asked to throw out the ball for the Yankees and he was too busy. Yeah. I will also say, though, too, is that I really, I, I really think, I, I, and you, you, your, your analysis is always spot on, in my opinion, in, in almost all cases, but if the nominations alone, not the wins that are going to happen in, in September, but the nominations alone... Any discussion about the streaming wars, with all the newbies have come on, it's done for me. Yeah. This is the there is only one superpower, and its name is Netflix. Okay. And everybody else is a they might be on the streaming security council, but they are not the world's cop, and they are not the world streamer.
1: Well, you know why, don't you? Because Netflix throws everything against the wall. If you look at the numbers inside the numbers, which is what I do, because I'm like a nerd that way, so I hand counted this thing. I was was told
0: there would be no math.
1: Okay, well, there is a little bit. Netflix has 160 nominations, and they had 52 different shows represented in that. Compare number two, HBO, usually number one, number two, HBO. Had hundred and seven nominations, only twenty-one different shows represented. But, but I
0: actually, why? Why I agree with you? I do not think quantity necessarily negates quality in this particular instance. Yeah,
1: I it think that the, negate I, the deserving of an Emmy nomination. But once people go into a service during a pandemic, like Netflix, and discover this yeah. wealth of material that's going to keep them entertained when they're stuck at home, they kept in there and they sampled and they kept looking. And yeah, and I, here's,
0: here's what, I mean, part of what I found interesting about this is, is you move to the documentary battle that I wrote about earlier today. Look, Hulu's Hillary, very good four-parter, big splash at Sundance, truly about the woman who was almost our first female president, but also a, a sweeping and ve- rather a compelling look at, at American feminism. But for me, this comes down to two shows. Comes down to the Michael Jordan starring Last Dance from ESPN, which played to huge numbers when there were no sports on TV, and Tiger King. And I didn't think Tiger King was going to take it over the line here. I thought Tiger King was this thing that was salacious and we'd all remembered at the beginning of the pandemic. But it's kind of like, isn't that 18 Netflix shows ago? But strangely enough, I think to your point just now, the amount of of, of inventory that Netflix has, the amount that they're delivering, as, as Reed Hastings says, we're just going to keep giving you hits and that's how we'll beat everyone, that is carrying over. I think you're also seeing because of pandemic viewing patterns you are seeing repeat viewings you're seeing comfort show viewings happening That's on these for and Netflix simply have, they're the supermarket superpower. It's in my comfort
1: opinion. food, they're delivering, and, uh, and, and it's a show in there. And, and overall nominations, not just Netflix here, there's a lot of comfort shows, a lot yeah. of familiar names. I mean, Ted Danson, I think, broke his own record in terms of number of nominations today. You know, all of these familiar names... You would think that maybe with all the time, there would be some more adventurous stuff going on, like we sort of intimated here. And really, this is pretty much business as usual for the Emmys, this list overall. I have to say, I was a little surprised that James Corden, who got seven personal nominations last year and had all of his shows and carpool karaoke and, you know, the whole a uh, thing with the uh, pandemic, all those live kind of uh, specials that we thought were gonna dominate Emmys here didn't come in at all. Um, but no, nothing for James Corden this year, nothing. And he was campaign. I did two interviews with him at at, at different times and he was out there. Uh, okay, so, yeah.
0: so we should, as everyone's very, very busy this Emmy morning, I'm gonna start to pull the plug, but I wanna make predictions.
1: I wanna make a prediction.
0: In the outstanding drama category? Yes. Going to be HBO's Succession.
1: I think so, too. I think you're right on that. If it's not, this will be the only real category shot uh, for Netflix to break into those categories that can't seem to win, because Ozark did become a pandemic sensation, and people are still talking about it. Everywhere I go, you hear them say, Ozark, Ozark. So that has a shot at upsetting succession here i do think it's a two horse race in that in that category right and
0: now. i'm gonna say for outstanding comedy series my heart says insecure because it's one of my favorite shows no. my head says it's either the good place which no. also has that added benefit of being a final final season or dead to me
1: okay i disagree on all three of those and huh? i'll put you money here i think it shits creek and uh, it also is a final season. I think there's sentimentality behind that whole idea. And clearly the Academy with 15 nominations has come to that party. And I think that one's gonna have uh, a sweep kind of mentality on that night. And if not, then I think they return to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which they still seem to love with 20 nominations. So. Well,
0: maybe I'm gonna be up shits Creek on that. said that? <laughs> Having said that, I have zero problem with Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, and the amazing talent behind Schitt's Creek winning everything they do because I love that show. I but do. Too. the thing about the Emmys is you got to take your head and your heart and you got to make some hard choices. And as Pete educated us earlier, you got to look at the math. And with that, I would like to thank you for listening to this special edition of The Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you can never miss an episode on Emmy nominations morning or
1: any other. And of course, you can find all of our breaking news coverage of TV, film, business, and everything affecting our industry at Deadline.com. So thank
0: you for joining us. We'll see you down the line September 20th. It's coming fast. Take care.